I'm joined right now by Hendrik Lowe, who's the acting CEO for the Northern Cape Economic Development Agency. Uh, Hendrik, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought the Northern Cape has interest in green hydrogen. Uh, I think of it as a dry province, despite the fact that it has a coastal line. But I think of it as a desert province for the most part. And you guys are saying, hey, look, we're here. We can contribute to the hydrogen, green hydrogen economy. Um, and, and, and I guess you're sitting here as a facilitator between the state and investors in that space. Absolutely, Oliver. Thank you very much to you and the listeners. Um, such a privilege to be able to also share this pertinent message with you. As the Northern Cape, our resource profile is absolutely tremendous. It's world recognized. It's empirically based with some of the best the radiation and then wind overlay. If we look at the essence of the green hydrogen economy and the green hydrogen manufacturing component, the critical enablers in this is number one, access to a sustainable water source and the coastline, like you rightfully mentioned, is such a pertinent enabler in terms of the desalination. And then in addition, 60% of the input cost is dependent on renewable energy. But the cost efficiency of that renewable energy is pertinent. So with the high level of radiation, the good wind exposure, we've got two benefits in that. Number one, you need less capital to produce more from PV and if you want to do CSP on your mix. What's that? Um, uh, photovoltaic and then concentrated solar. So what you then use is two sets of technology to utilize sun energy and the exposure of 8 to 10 hours per day, depending on your seasonality. So that's the technology component of renewable energy. That's correct, yes. So for us, it's important to balance then with wind. And we're all uh, acquainted with the wind turbines. For us, the important part is, is that you've got 24 hours in a day and you want renewable energy 24 hours of a day to fuel your electrolyzers that you will have in your industrial area. Now that electrolyzers need the desalinated water, putting it then through the electrolysis position to split that atom, that H2O atom into mm. an H2 and an O. But that pertinent matter, the cost benefit, remember there's two critical things on hydrogen. One is the price at which we can produce it. Number two is the volume and the consistency. And to get that price correct is quite important. But most importantly is also that it must be certified green. The global arena, the European Union, the Japanese counterparts, if we want to qualify that as green, it must be certified. And to be certified, that water source must be sustainable and that renewable energy must be really renewable energy. Um, in the sense that it's new renewable energy, it's additional renewable energy, that we don't jeopardize communities and households. But important then is, is in that 24-hour cycle, if we can have eight hours of optimum solar radiation, and we can have then wind extending that we have 16 hours a day, for instance, 18 hours in a day exposure to renewable energy. That reduces your cost of fueling through green energy, that electrolyzer plant. Yeah. And ultimately, the globe is talking about $1 to the kilogram. Uh, we do know that the price reference currently for green hydrogen is $3 to the kilogram. Remember that in South Africa, we are the biggest producer of grey hydrogen currently and producing just under a dollar a ton, oh, a kilogram. If we can get to that renewable energy mix combined with that water resource, and this is what makes the Northern Cape unique. So what are you here to do, Hendrik? Are you here to tell Cecil and Anglo and all these other players, hey, 
we have the electrolysis technology come to us. We can split those atoms for you. We have the resources to facilitate that. We're the only province that has the requisite amount of wind and solder to keep it running 24 hours in a day. Come do it here. Is that what you're here to do? What we're here to do is, is number one, support Masopa, Isa, Prof. Ramakopa and our president in the South African JP process to say, as South Africa, yes, we can do green hydrogen. All the world over, we hear a lot of talk, but we're realizing it currently in South Africa. Yeah. So that is the important part. What we also out here is to say is, is as the Northern Cape, in terms of a Morocco, a Chile, a Saudi Arabia, and Australia, for instance, we are some of the top priority countries because we've got 330 kilometers of coastline. We've got some of the best radiation, best wind with overlay, maximum time, and we've got landmass. Um, we're talking about a 40-gig consolidated facility in Buchoberg. Now, if we talk about that, just to give you a quick idea, sure. that's a 4.2 trillion rand investment, number one. And to get to that 40-gig electrolyzer capacity, we need to generate, at the end of the day, renewable energy that will occupy 450,000 hectares of landmass for wind and solar. The Northern Cape has got all of that. So mm. the cost-benefit of that is, is, one, we've got the resource. Two, we can make you competitive in reaching that. What are we telling a Sassel? We're telling a Sassel, we're telling all the investors out there in the renewable energy space. We know them out there. We know the Phelan Group is out there. We know the FFI groups, the Aquas are out there. We are saying Northern Cape, we've got the mass outside of Outside of resources, what else are you offering? Because given yeah. that this is a nascent industry, Players are looking to de-risk, and part of a de-risking process is looking for strategic concessions. What concessions, of course, you're the provincial government, you don't have the power to offer some of those concessions, except pertaining to land use and perhaps water use and, and, and those sort of things. But when it comes to uh, you know, important concessions like tax and special economic zone use, those are all national government competencies. What conversation are you having with Dr. Ramakopa? What conversation are you having with Minister Patel, Minister DeLille, uh, Minister Mandashe, as well as the president around a concession package uh, for some of these players? Brilliant, Oliver. That is world-class infrastructure is what enable and what lure industry. And this brings the price-cost margin down. So for us, the important part is, one, is transmission grid. And two, is, is then this industrial complexes that we need to erect. First on the line is the Nanamakwa Special Economic Zone close relationship with DTIC, Minister Patel and his team, approaching quite rapidly then the designation of the Namakwa SEZ in Achenes. The Namakwa SEZ is so important to us because that's the catalyst for Buchuberg, which will be satellite like we saw the Tswane SEZ now to be declared then and designated. That immediately gives us 30,000 hectares of industrial joy in which to establish then green hydrogen production, but also the auxiliary services human capital development related. The support services to assemble uh, panels, to redo PEM. We're already looking at, at suppliers at this stage, looking to set up in that area because we've got a consistency of demand that will warrant the investment. So related to that is, is what we are saying is investors, we've got this industrial space, number one. Number two is, is we're looking at those measures to support you to produce the infrastructure we're having the situation now. I must compliment our colleagues in Transnet. You know the breakthrough that we had with Transnet, the RFQ that was issued closing now on 5th of December for the Deport Harbour, the 10th Deport Harbour in South Africa yeah. to be built in the Northern Cape. So that harbour access, that transmission capacity, that SEZ capacity, 
is parallel processes that we're creating the perfect storm 2028 to 2030 to facilitate this new industry and to offer this to our investors as an investment destination. 086-000-2032. Do you have a question or a comment for Hendrik Loves, the acting CEO of the Northern Cape Economic Development Agency? 086-000-2032. Hendrik, what's happening in Buchberg? I hear that place being mentioned a lot. I know it's a special economic zone, but what's happening there? Absolutely. Earmark for a special economic zone. It is one of the possible sites. It's not a finalized site. Where is it? Look, you, you're yes. going to have to be contextual because uh, I've, I've only been in the Northern Cape sadly once in my life and I was really just passing through. Yeah. I've never, I've always planned on going on holiday there. I don't know anything outside of, say, Coffee Fontaine or, or yes. I, I, I don't know, Kimberley so, uh, or Hartswater and Warrington. So contextualize for me where Buchberg is and why that's an important geographical area. Area. Brilliant. Buchberg, firstly, is a location. It's a natural deep port um, that has been existing and that's been utilized by the early colonialists for copper exports since the 1860s. Um, it's one of possible sites that can be utilized as a deep port harbor as per the study of Transnet. This uh, site is currently 20 kilometers south of the Namibian border or Ranyamunt in Alexander Bay and around about 60 kilometers north of Port Nolith. As mentioned, the Northern Cape has got 330 kilometers of coastline, which is on the western side of South Africa. Um, and that coastline is so important because a lot of mining has been taking place and the mining resource is slowly dwindling down. Um, so the, the geographic location of Buchberg is so important as well in the sense 20 kilometers south of Namibia. We know the Namibian ambition. We are working quite closely with Namibia on that. How do we complement as SADC? And this is the announcement that we made yesterday with our two premiers signing as well, the Western SADC Green Hydrogen Corridor. Because ultimately, Buchberg is slab bang. If you look at the Ludritz Wolfish Bay, if you even look at the Luanda, if we go further north into Angola, and we go south and ultimately towards the scenario whereby we touch on Saldana and extend even to Nguja. So the location of Buchberg is just such an interesting location. Because the benefit that it has is that it's within this key corridors of economic activity and existing infrastructure to complement. Yeah. It fills a void that has been there for many, many years through the port infrastructure. And then furthermore, it literally consolidates then the best solar resource at the end of the day, wind resource for close export. Remember, Buchuberg's focus in the South African context tip of the spear is the export market. We want to focus on the export market, and as the global market mature, we will reach equilibrium and start feeding the South African market. So Buchuberg's placement in the SADC context is so important. And that co-location then with Namibia, the Western Cape, and then specifically its close vicinity to the border and existing infrastructure makes it a very competitive advantage location. Yeah, uh, and so the special economic zone then being placed there has geographical significance, but what are the regulatory concessions being made over there uh, that make people excited about it beyond just its geographical advantage? Geographical advantage uh, is, is one element, but important, as you mentioned, is going with the deep port harbor. It coincides with the deep port harbor, close vicinity to export. It's going to be the first green SEZ in the world, not a decarbonized really? SEZ. We want to go full green, my brother. We don't want to mess around. Um, so, Oliver, for us, our focus will be that the regulations and that certification potential combined with the SEZ package of investments. 
access to infrastructure, looking at the possibilities of SARS coinciding with us for the portfolio of investments, i.e. on VAT ETC, will be so important. And looking at all the new technology and localization, all those incentives via our sister department, DTIC, will be activated and will really just complement our investors to be globally competitive. Okay. Let's, let's contextualize this. Let's give it perspective. How long on average does it take to get a land use license in the, in the Northern Cape uh, or a waste, waste management license in the Northern Cape or a water use license in the Northern Cape? Because you need water for uh, hmm. <laughs> hydrogen technology. Uh, how long does that take generally? And how long will it take comparatively in Bukhuber? Absolutely. What we are looking at now is, and this is very exciting, I'm giving you a sneak peek. Minister De Lille will be taking the Buchuberg Harbour, has been at that stage in the previous regime 2020, but it's one of possible three sites, has been gazetted as a special infrastructure project, a SIP project. The Buchuberg Hydrogen Project is also now being gazetted as we speak within this week. Now, the benefit there is, is yes, we've got 180 days on the EIA, uh, 120 days turnaround times. The moment we get to SIP status, that starts reducing those elements with up to 50%, 60%. So the turnaround time of those elements become far more reduced now. And that is one of our investor benefits, is the SIP status and the reduced timelines that we can offer on the regulatory compliance elements. Give us a call, 086-000-20320. Let's have a listen uh, to some of the WhatsApp voice note questions. Good morning, Bra Oliver, Fred the Truck Driver. Please ask your, your guest today, Bra Oliver. The person in Postmas Bank or in Kuruman, what's there for them in all these billion, trillion investment that they're talking about? What's there for them? What is the person in the street going to benefit out of all this whatever investment, whatever they are talking about? Do you have a, do you have a, a response to that, a reflection on that, uh, Hendrik? Absolutely, Oliver. I think very important, firstly, for the person in Postmansburg, you are within the region of benefit. You are within the uh, close to the nucleus to have the benefit of mobility, which we will transform. There's extensive cooperation that we have with those areas specifically to transform transport to green hydrogen trucking, green hydrogen railing. So firstly, we can see that transformation and the entrepreneurial and employment opportunities. But also from the person in Posmasburg will have portable skills and most probably existing enterprise that will be in high demand in this area. So in terms of this, the transition then of skills, enterprise opportunities that can be rendered in this area, but also in their own area of operation. The Buchuberg project closely related to the mining corridor, the Hamachara mining corridor on mobility, and therein will be already opportunities that we can complement with. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. Really, really do appreciate your, 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 your insights here, Hendrik, and telling us what's happening. Uh, do invite us at SFM uh, to, to, to this Buchuberg, especially Economic Zone, once it's been incorporated and once it's actively up and running. Uh, it's always better to see the things people talk about as evidence uh, so that we, we know that it's there instead of just theoretically uh, have a conceptualization. of it. But thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, Oliver and listeners. Appreciate it.